Who the bloody hell's that? Morning, Ange. Oh, Anthony. How are we? I'm really well. How are you? <laughs> Come on in. I will do. Thank you. Did that sound staged? Just a little. No, it's fine. fine. Yeah. I'm going to embrace the whole lounge pant thing next time. I'm going to put my University of New Hampshire lounge pants on. You should indeed. You're listening to the Corona Diaries, a sometimes random and often irreverent attempt to understand the psyche of singer Steve Hogarth. Hello and welcome to chapter 86 of the Corona Diaries. And I'm still sat in Steve H's kitchen. Hello! And I'm going to do some explaining here, and it might be obvious when you listen to the mix. When you listen to the way this pans out, this might be very obvious. <laughs> Should I rustle some cardboard around? While yeah, you can doing? do. You rustle some cardboard. For effects. Right. Yes, yes. I think you should... I think... <laughs> you shouldn't have done that with that one, you know. Because I'll have to tell everybody now, that's the roof bars. Don't, don't, don't mention what that is. What's in there then? My money's on beauty products or snake oil. Oh, right, okay. What's it saying? Return address, Trini, London. Ah. It'll be something to do with her ladyship's yeah. regime. Right. Um, that could be anything. That's something reasonably dense. <laughs> anyway, we're still in the Hogarth kitchen. Apologies for that, that 20 seconds worth of, of, um, cardboard, rattling. of cardboard rattling. Um, and what we're going to try and do, we've been, we've been banging on for about 45, 50 minutes about .com. Should I ring the doorbell? You can do if you like, to prove yeah. you're in the kitchen. Just to prove, just because we okay. we've not really had the doorbell. Have no, we haven't. We haven't. At the front of every episode. Oh, actually, I've got an idea now. I the, uh... <laughs> Who the bloody hell is that? <laughs> a bit of calm. <laughs> a little bit of a calm. <laughs> Anthony. Oh, Stephen. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I've got to stop the damn thing now. Anyway, we're still in the Hogarth kitchen. Um, and what we're going to try and do, because because Mr H has, has got uh, some full-on family stuff to get involved with, we're going to try and cobble together the 45, 50 minutes worth of blather into two episodes uh, about .com. So we've been talking about .com for a little while, and obviously we talked about .com in 84, um, and you're going to get it kind of as mixed as it can be over the course of this episode, having had a bit of it in the last episode as well. Mm. So we'll go back into talking about a little bit of it, um, but I don't know what order it's going to necessarily fall in. It might sound a little bit... It might sound a bit joined together. Um, but we'll we'll see it. We'll see what we can do. We'll oh. see what we can do. Um, I was just looking at the at the, the credits uh, for .com, and Steve Wilson is is listed as uh, having mixed one, three, five, six, and eight. So right. that will be Legacy, uh, Go, Enlightened, Radar, and yeah. Interior Lulu. He did Lulu, yeah. And uh, Nick Davis. Ah, Nick Davis mixed Deserve, and he mixed that at the Forge in Oswestry. I he remember did indeed. That. He mixed uh, that. He mixed so he mixed Rich Deserve, oh, and rich. Um, I'm assuming if it's seven, Tumble Down the Years. I don't think Nick mixed Tumble Down the Years. Now, who the hell did that? Well, we need to 
we need to, we need to correct Wikipedia then. <laughs> well, I could be wrong. And Trevor put... mixed a pat. According to this, Trevor mixed house at the Racket Club. He did. Yeah, I remember him doing it in the studio there. Uh, but I don't remember who makes Tumble Down the Years. That could have been Steve Wilson. That could have been Steve. Hmm. Well, well, Nick's got the credit on here, but that doesn't necessarily mean he got the credit on the album. No, I think Nick only did Deserve and, and Rich. Rich. Which makes sense because both have got a very similar vibe about them, haven't they? In terms of they're, they're more up-tempo. Hmm. You know, I mean... I always always put Going and Lighting together and I always put Rich and Deserved together in terms of not being the same, but similar sort of feel to both, similar sort of tempo to both, both upbeat, both, you know, relatively similar structures. I mean, they're quite straight ahead yeah. pop rock songs, aren't they? Yeah, I think what Steve did in his mixes was was more, how can I put it, creative in the sense that he would uh, on go and on lulu he was probably given things that he didn't put in the mix he was Mm. probably muting out drums Mm. um he was creating sections of songs that sounded totally different Mm. to to how they'd appeared in their raw state so he did actually contribute in the production yes although i don't know if we gave him a credit for production but he did actually contribute. He did additional production, according to this. He was given a credit for. That's fair because he did. He did get in amongst those tracks, mm. and 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 he improved them. So there's a that then brings a question. So you've got, um, you know, the, the the obviously we think of uh, we think of Mike, and we think of Dave Megan really as the two of your era as the two producers. Yeah. Uh, who've who are associated very closely associated with the work that they did, uh, and got very much under the skin of the work they did. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, famously with Megan, with um, all the stuff he did on on, on Brave. Um, would Steve have been the same producer then? Would there would that have been? I mean, could Steve have been one of those two, or could Steve have occupied that if he'd not gone uber famous and probably impossible to get hold of? I think I think there's a very good chance we'd have made a record with Steve yeah. if if he wasn't so busy. I think there is a really good chance that would have happened at some point. And it sounds like he would have slipped into the way you have well, worked. Well, I, I was going to do Ice Cream Genius with him, yeah. which is how I met Richard. But but then he he'd made a Fish album. He did make a Fish album, and I just felt, well, I can't. I, what's everybody going to think mm. if if he if he then produces my solo? That that's too weird. Uh, do you feel you still feel that way, or would you feel different now? Would that not have bothered you as much now as it perhaps would have done then? It would bother me as much now if he just finished a fish right. album. Right. But having you know, but bearing in mind he did that all those years it, ago, yeah. it, it sort of wouldn't be a, a rele- relevant issue no. for me. Um, but having just come straight off that, it seemed well weird, you yeah, know. Um, from that to that, I guess I'm a bit more self-assured now you know i feel like i've i've carved my own world not i've carved a furrow of sorts at this stage i think and so perhaps i could show the middle finger a little bit more to to the kind of people who might roll their eyes um but i'd i'd probably think more than twice Mm before 
sitting down and making an album with someone who who just finished producing a Fish record, mm. which is stupid, really, because Fish has worked with Callum Malcolm, who did all the Blue Nile stuff, and he's he's a brilliant, brilliant engineer, and I've always wanted to work with him. Mm. So, you know, it's 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 silly to suppose that that any such connection should be an issue. Well, and there's still crossover. I mean, Pete does stuff with Robin Bolt, doesn't he? Robin Bolt's done stuff with Fish. I mean, there's there's, there's been crossover. Yeah, yeah. Um, over various things, so it's not... Well, Pete and Robin went to school yeah, together, yeah. so they go back a long all the way to the arc, you know, they but, learned to play together. And uh, I was trying... Because Wes, Wes has played with Fish as well, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah both live. I don't know if you... Probably in the studio, but definitely live. You definitely, yeah. Been part of the touring, and Wes, right? of course, played live with Porcupine Tree. Mm. So that's that's the rest of the um, that's the rest of the people who were involved in the in the in the the product the project. And then obviously Bill Smith Studio sleeve design, Carl Glover photography, and Niels Van Eperen for the group photography. According to this, oh yeah, because I'd done that um, I'd done that Ice Cream Genius. Um, session the or I'd done all those photographs with Niels and then I'd done the you dinosaur thing mm. video with Niels and we were looking around for a, a photographer for that particular shoot and I said well Niels is the man he's a genius and he was k- kicking around I think he was still living in Amsterdam at that point so we got him over and he took that one of us all is that the one of us all going like that? I think it might be <laughs> <laughs> you had to see that. I can't. I can't really explain what that was. That was. That was. I assumed the band were all in dental chairs. <laughs> all right. I, like that. I, I think he was off a ladder, pointing down on us. We were all looking up at him and, and gurning, uh, and he Good. took. He took that. He's a brilliant photographer, but he, but he went to Bogota and was never seen again. I can't find him now. And this this is the last of the three where you effectively produce an album a year, isn't it? Because TSE, Radiation, Marillion.com all, all, were all in those year chunks. So you fit an album and a tour into each one of those years effectively. Or you know, the start of the year is, is an album, or the end of the year is an album, the tour follows a bit of the year after. But there's nothing then until Anarachnophobia, which comes out two years later. Right, that was us back in the money. Yeah, because we 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 then pre-ordered, yeah, and yeah. we had plenty of dough to yeah. spend, so we could we could relax a bit. Um, and it, 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 yeah, it was a funny time that 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 time with Castle. Really, I think I think the money was tight, and that period probably represented the band's kind of leanest years in terms of what we were earning and the amount of money we were able to spend touring. It was all done on a budget and we were playing smaller places. And we did take the decision um, on the radiation tour to take it back to the universities. Yes, I saw you at Sheffield. And to play the... And to play the the uh, the refectories, if we could, if we could get the gigs, and just as a matter of interest, take it, take it back to the kids, man. Um, so that was an experiment, which involved eating quite a lot of humble pie, you know, and 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 being crammed together on little stages, and making lots of compromises that that none of us has made for 
a long time. But we thought it was worth a shot. I don't think it worked as an experiment, but we we, we only found that out by doing it. Mm. And uh, so we rattled around in a minibus and played, think, places that weren't much more than bars. Mm. Uh, that was character building. Um <laughs> <laughs> You can read a lot into that phrase, character building. <laughs> Most of my days are character building. I keep saying, uh, I keep saying, I'd like to feel my character was finished. I don't think it needs any more work. So if it's all the same to you, I'd rather not do anything character building. I've seen a totally different side of your character since I've seen that moose. Have you? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm liking the moose. Um, <laughs> I feel quite jealous that I haven't got a moose. <laughs> so we're just back after more cardboard has been delivered uh, to the Hogarth, to, to Shea Hogarth. So anyway, we've chatted a lot about the songs, which has been great. We've chatted about the personal involved, which has also been good. Um, and obviously a, little, a very good chat about the uh, the, the, the faces in the, uh, in the cover. Um, the things we haven't... Uh, necessarily talked about and obviously this was the last one of the three castle albums um do you think these albums get a little bit forgotten in the middle because there's actually a lot you were very productive as a band in those three years Mm. very and there's some you know i mean some i mean obviously tsa is a a set list favorite it's a live favorite um but not that much of these albums they're not there's not a lot of, you know, nailed on. Maybe Three Minute Boy, but not a lot of things that are nailed on in in live shows from these three albums, really. Bearing in mind there's, what, nearly 25, 27 tracks over the three albums? Hmm. Um, yeah, I know I know that, um, that Rothers has been trying to press gang the band with... And I agree with him into playing enlightened more often, and uh, mostly the count usually goes because there's no banging and crashing. <laughs> Just say he's very quiet. Lovely <laughs> <laughs> that. Um, but enlightened is a lovely song, and it's got a lovely feeling to it. Um, and I agree with that. Uh, Bastard Radar is a curious song because. The problem we had with Built-in Bastard Radar, again, because of the way we write, because we write by jamming, we sometimes end up with with a song where the two ideas fit together musically and conceptually, but one has a natural tempo mm. that is nowhere near the other. No. And so you end up playing, and, and on Bastard Radar... Um, we ended up having to play the verse faster than it should be so and the chorus a bit slower than it should be in order to get them to run together. Mm. And so both the ver- verse and the chorus suffer a little bit. Um, but again, we found that when, when we felt we had to play them, which was in a, 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 a Port Zilan sort of convention, you've got to play all the stuff situation when we were forced you know and, and had our ha- ha- arms bent behind our backs to play bastard radar once we'd blown the cobwebs out of it it was actually mm. quite cool 
So they have had some of these have had a uh, I've been looking at Tumble Down the years that we don't have enough guitarists to play yeah, to Tumble play, Down. Yeah. If we had if we had another guitar player, another good guitar player, um or maybe even another two, you know, like the Eagles, then we could probably we could probably re- really do Tumble Down the years well uh live. Um Rich we've played and I end up doing the do 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 but that's always crap because I'm such a lousy guitarist. Uh, Go, we've done obviously to to great effect with the finger lights mm. and everything on the uh, the Albert Hall and wherever. Deserve, we haven't done much because you kind of need a sax player. Um, and a legacy, we haven't played much either. No. Although we did it. You know, it did give us the opportunity to do that opening to the show with the with the quartet in the powdered wigs and everything. Um, but it's uh, the same. For, it's the same for Radiation and TSE to a certain extent. It's very rarely that you know you might pull one off one of those albums for a tour, but there's there's nearly you know there's twenty. There must be twenty six, twenty seven songs off those three albums. That's true, but to be fair. Um, it's it's rare that that we pull more than a couple of songs off Brave, yeah. which is supposed to be the flagship yeah. album. It's rare that we pull more than more than two off Seasons End or yeah. Holidays. So, it, I, I think, suppose yeah, it's no different to anything else. It's, is it? it's just that we have so much music yeah. um, that the fight is always not to keep playing the same ones yeah. because there, there's a reason we play them, and that's because. There's a feeling in the band that that's the best stuff, and that and that it's the stuff that works best live. So to deliberately ignore that and start start playing the scary stuff, yeah, that, that yeah, no, is, I, I, is always. But we should because otherwise you just become conservative mm. uh, and dull. And uh, as I've often said, the place you want to be is is you want to walk out into the seat of your feet, just don't quite touch. Mm. That's where you want to be. Well, well, it's. I mean, things like "Under the Sun's a great, a great track, and yeah. a, and a great life track. Yeah, and you every, know, every really bit as current as it ever was. You yeah. know, and and I mean, these. We talked a little bit about the melody from these chains, real you know, cropping up again in house. But these chains is a great song. Yeah, and I don't know if I've heard you play that outside of the tour, the album. You know, and, it, and I'm sure you've played it at a, a convention show. But um, you know that's a, that's another one that doesn't doesn't come up that often. And yet, no. it's a, yet it's a great tune. But they will come back these songs because we'll we'll get bored. Yeah, with playing the stuff we always play, and we will go, we will go um, off the beaten track looking looking at the stuff we haven't played so much. I'm mm. sure we will in the future. Mm. But it just you know, I don't know. It, 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 I've always, I I always class these as three really interesting they're all that i think they're all there's a lot of instant stuff on these albums a lot of things that get you straight away i remember hearing i remember hearing uh, some of the tracks off dot com i think i think you played a few of them before the album came out and i remember just getting rich straight away just literally with the with the do to do's at the beginning mm. just it was just bang it's like a 60s pop song yeah. really isn't it that was the idea 
straight ahead, sort of swinging blue jeans kind of thing. So back <laughs> probably, to... Probably nothing like the swinging blue jeans. Back to dot .com then. The, the one last question uh, of the things. Um, where was the album cover shot? It was shot on Longacre in Covent Garden. Right. At the, um, just where the, I think that's where the, um, the is it called a Hippodrome or the Trocadero? Trocadero, Trocadero. is it? It's like a big disco, isn't it? Hmm. Now? I think it's just, just down one from Cambridge Circus, where if you come through from Leicester Square, as though you're going into Covent Garden and you cross, it's that Charing Cross Road. I think it might be in it, uh, and 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 then and then you're into Longacre. Um, it was it was shot right there. Hmm. It's a really good cover. It's a brilliant I really cover. Like it. Well, I don't know if you saw, but Janine Tring, when hmm. she came into London for the Hammersmith show, she she obviously found the location and shot the cover again. With her on it. So if you've not seen that, I'll I'll dig out. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Because I thought it was ever so clever. Um, I think I sent Janine a birthday card just the other day. Well, on the subject of birthday cards... I've got a few here. There's just a raft of them everywhere you turn. There's only three. Julie Hanlon in Massachusetts. Ah, yes. Well, her birthday's the 18th. Oxford live stream date. Well, I've got to get it in the post. Yeah, you better do. It's all the way over there. Exactly. Yeah. Isadora in Chile, right? That's got to go. Um, and Paula Colowine in uh, or Colowine, 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 one of them. Any of the three? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'll be corrected at length. Um, in the Netherlands, so yes, they're about to go in the box. Oh, we never close. I get up every morning and have a rifle through my database. Does Does Letter just wander in and sigh and wander out again? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but not, not because Batman. of that. <laughs> Murdered. <laughs> oh, it's a dear. good joke, but it's the truth. <laughs> yeah, I'll cross them over. Um, right, well, we'll stop there, and we'll go into a bit of a bit of diary. And would you believe we're going on to the last two bits of diary in the first volume? We are at the end of the first volume of the Invisible Man, ninety-one to ninety-seven. So we've got to do a bit of Nice. We've got to do a bit of Strasbourg and Strasbourg, and then we're done. Strasbourg, Strasbourg, Strasbourg. And that's it, and then we're done. I can't believe it. Wow. Got to the end of the book. On to volume. That means we've got to do at least another year and a half of the TCDs. Oh, sweet Jesus. We can't to get, to get through the next slot. You're not going to write any more, are you? <laughs> Don't write any more. I'm writing some more. Oh, oh no. <laughs> well, let's, let's get on and do that bit, the, the very final bit, and then we'll right. have a, a quick wrap up after that. Okie dokie. Monday, 20th of October, Nice, Théâtre de Verdure. When I rolled out of my bunk at 9.30, we were still on the motorway travelling towards Nice. I made my way down to the back lounge, made a coffee, and was soon joined by a bleary-eyed Pete T. We watched from the windows as the bus swung along the seafront, where almost everyone seems to be over 65 years old. Bald heads bobbed around in the sea, people already having a swim at 9.45 in the morning. After a slight delay around the one-way system, the bus pulled up outside the familiar stripy tent on the Promenade des Anglais. 
I dragged my bags along the street to the Meridian Hotel next door and up the escalators to reception, where I was informed that Mrs Hogarth is in room 538. True to form, it was the furthest room from the elevator, and I arrived tired and irritable at the door, although I managed not to be grumpy. Poor Sue said she'd been up most of the night with a streaming head cold. I found her some pills in my toilet bag. I'm a walking pharmacy when I'm on tour. I was dog-tired after Toulouse, but it's important that I spend time with my family. So we both took ibuprofen, and we all went out for breakfast on the seafront, stopping at reception to send a fax to Peter, Joe and Jean. Ian's girlfriend Jean has a twin sister Joe, who's married to Peter, an eye surgeon from Los Angeles. Joe and Peter travelled to Toulouse from California to see our show yesterday. For some reason, despite having passes for our show and backstage, security wouldn't let them in. They stood outside in the street until after the show had finished. We all feel responsible for this. They came from California. It's spilt milk now, of course, but I sent a fax to say sorry on behalf of the band. I still can't believe it. Anyway, back to breakfast in Nice. Sophie, Sue and Niall had English breakfast while I had a ham and cheese crepe. At 12 o'clock, Sue had arranged to meet Anne-Sophie Prevost, friend and photographer. We decided I should go to bed while Sue and the children went out with Anne-Sophie and Jacqueline, journalist and writer of a book about Marillion. I went upstairs and slept until 3 o'clock when Sue returned. We walked over to the venue in a rainstorm and drank coffee backstage until sound check. I filled the time sewing a button on my waistcoat and finding a place to dry my socks and underwear. It's all glamour. I had agreed to a record shop appearance at Fanac, Nice, which was scheduled for after sound check. We sound checked to the accompaniment of torrential rain outside and on the roof of the tent. It sounded like being under a waterfall or singing through a noisy old analogue effects pedal. Soundcheck progressed well despite the waterfall above and the massive natural reverb of the tent until people started streaming into the building. It was all news to me but apparently the FNAC music shop appearance had been moved to the gig where we were to answer the fans' questions and sign autographs. This was supposed to happen after soundcheck, but someone had decided to get everybody out of the downpour outside. All reasonable decisions, of course, when viewed one at a time, but it would have been a good idea to okay all this with the band first. I was like a bear with a sore head for the impromptu signing session. I don't like such surprises. I looked like shit, and after an hour on stage I badly needed a coffee. I was hoarse and still tired, and Jacqueline, who had, quote, organised all this, was busily arranging copies of her book, Marillion, The Fish Era, to be bought by the kids and signed by the band. I got the feeling she'd hijacked the whole thing for her own personal gain. I fumed my way through the signing session before returning to the hotel to have an hour with Sue, Sophie and Niall before the show. Sue had a bath while I played with the children. Sophie lent me her metallic blue nail varnish and I painted my toes. They're quite entertaining sticking out from my Doc Martens sandals. I painted Niall's toenails too, but he wasn't really sure that boys should have painted nails, 
so I removed it again. At nine o'clock, we went down to the bar where Sue had a quick JD and Coke before Tim B walked us across the road. At the gig, the audience were in top form and party mood. It's always a great atmosphere here in Nice. There were around 1,400 people singing and stomping their way through the songs. We really couldn't go wrong. It all went slightly pear-shaped on the last verse of Warm Wet Circles, when the guitar, bass and keyboard power supplies fused simultaneously, leaving me singing to the drums only. Oddly enough, it worked and turned the end of the song into a rap. Luckily, the PA had stayed on, so Steve and Pete picked up acoustic guitars and we played Hide Your Love Away by the Beatles, Substitute by the Who and Sugar Mice while our crew were sorting out the power supply. It all turned out to be a happy accident. The crowd loved it and the rest of the show was one long ovation. Sue and I were standing stage right watching from the wings. Sophie was out front with Stuart and Alan, but appeared at the side of stage a little later. I ran off from time to time to give them sweaty hugs in the dark. The best moment of the show happened when little Niall walked across to centre stage with a towel to dry my face, which was dripping as usual. He received deafening applause, and I thanked him with a kiss, taking care not to bash him with the guitar around my neck. He ran back to Wes on stage left, looking as though he'd had more than enough fame for comfort. It's a good feeling to have my family around for the odd show here and there. Sophie and Niall are very well behaved and fun to be around. They get on really well with the crew as well. Sue's a great calming influence. Everyone's always pleased to see her and she has an instinct for keeping a low profile when we're busy. Well, after the show, I ran away pretty quickly. I'd already mingled enough for one day during the surprise meet and greet and I wanted to be on my own with my family, at least for an hour. So we did a runner. This is the term for coming off stage and straight out of the building. We all scooted out of the back of the big tent and across the street on the Promenade des Anglais to the Meridian. Niall pointed out that I'd forgotten my sandals as we walked back. For a five-year-old, he doesn't miss much. By now, it was well after midnight. The kids had done well to stay up so late, especially little Niall. He's growing up fast now. We got them straight into bed, and he fell asleep in an instant. Sophie took enough time to say goodnight and tell me she really enjoyed the show, before drifting out of consciousness with her arm around my painted feet. She'll probably go back to school and tell her teacher... It was at the age of 39 that my father took to painting his toenails. Sue and I hugged for a while. She was exhausted after a night of no sleep and still suffering with a head cold. So I showered and changed and said goodnight. They will stay here tomorrow and return to Toulouse by train and then to England by plane on Wednesday, while I shall board the bus and sleep my way to Lyon for tomorrow's show. Wes gave me a hand with my luggage. Back at the bus, there was still a handful of fans waiting for signatures. I love and respect our fans. They're total sweethearts, and without them, we'd have to get proper jobs. But just occasionally, when I'm tired, or late, or in crisis, which is usual, I would appreciate being left alone. As we drove along the coast road next to the Black Sea, 
I thought of Sue in bed alone with her cold and hoped she'd have a few good days until next week when I'll be home for good and we can try once again to fill the space that opens up between us. Saturday, 25th of October, Strasbourg. By some feat of genius, Nick Belshaw had booked us into Le Petit Région Hotel in Strasbourg. Not cheap, but lovely. Had an indulgent, but necessary, long lie-in, not stirring into life until around 12.30. I opened the curtains to a cold, sunny morning and a view out over the little river, which can have little competition on earth. I'm looking out above the rushing water everywhere, To the left is a lock through which boats occasionally pass. The river meanders through the town in front of me. Two bridges are visible, the first reminiscent of the Bridge of Sighs in Venice. Indeed, the view from my window of the river, flanked with the 16th century buildings, is an easy match for Venice, and in a much better state of repair. Swans bob around effortlessly on the river. It's an immaculate view to overlook while eating breakfast which is exactly what I did next. Took a photograph of my breakfast tray in front of the open window, showered and called Dizzy and the kids in Yorkshire. And we're back! Yeah! And... And this is the end of what is the craziest recording session for TCD in 80-odd episodes. Uh, so this is 86. Needs geese, doesn't it? Or it chickens or something. It just needs some more random elements. To, to throw in. We've not had a delivery for nearly an hour. <laughs> no, What's no. going on? You're getting low on cardboard. Hiatus. Um, and thinking about dates, this will be going out the day before Oxford. Wow. So I suppose I ought to ask you, even though you don't know now, are you prepared? Are you ready? (laughs) (laughs) No, not not on any level. No. (laughs) I love the time-travelling nature of this. I'm asking you now if you're ready for a gig tomorrow that you haven't started rehearsing for. (laughs) Oh, it won't make any difference. (laughs) How how long is your list? You must have made a list. I have. Now you must have a list. I've made a list um, that excludes everything on the last one. Wow. Um, Because I'm conscious of the fact that um, having released the last one as a live stream and then as a DVD, who, who the hell wants to see another one of me doing the same songs at the mm. same piano? Well, nobody. So unless unless I'm kind of pressured into it by requests, um, I'm I'm not going to repeat anything. Right. I mean, if somebody wants to hear Fantastic Place or or um. Afraid of sunlight, then maybe I'll dash through them on the night. But that's and by not, somebody you mean everybody? That's <laughs> that's not the plan, right? Okay. You know, so I think I think left to my own devices, I won't repeat anything. But right. obviously, if, if 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 anyone out there is, is shouting for a certain song, and uh, then I'll as uh, as I often do, I'll just bash through it. Yeah. So I'm going to put then down. Well, two things I'm going to say then. Um, 
you're you're not going to send us all over the edge, are you? And and do a reading at the beginning and floor everybody in their tracks, or are you planning on doing that as well? No, I I because I, uh, I floored myself um, that and and didn't quite recover for about three songs, so I'll, I'll try not to do that to myself again. Um, I don't think I'll read Old Little Town of Bethlehem again. I think I've done it, and that's that, and I've said it. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how I'll start. The world's slightly different now. It was a very, it was a different moment in time, hmm. um, you know, and it will always be a very special moment. Uh, but it is, it is, you know, post the the the, the Meridian tour as well, and where we are, it's a different, it's a different point, isn't it? So yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I don't know yet. I mean, it, something will, something will, will come pop in there. Mm. Mm. Um, so can, so can I request? Can I? I'm doing this for Phil, but for me as well, right? So can I put the request out for Abba because you didn't play it last time, the day before you came? Yeah, I will do what I can. Right. Yes. Right. Okay. I might have to learn to play it. A semitone down from where I've been playing it because it's so high. Mm. Um, and when I'm when I'm when I'm playing with the electric piano, the the Yamaha, I can always I can always hit a transpose button and <laughs> play it. But on a, on a Steinway ground, I got to learn it in a different key. Um, Semitone's a hard shift as well, isn't it? Well, it's. I normally play it in A minor, I think, so that it'll have to come down to A flat minor, which oh. is all black notes. All black notes, yeah. So, um, yes, if if I do do it, you'll you'll know I've suffered, <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be your turn. <laughs> it is a good tune, though. <laughs> yeah, it's cracking. Great, it is, it great is. lyric. Uh, it is. It, well, it's just a fantastic. I'll never forget hearing you play that at the Hundred Club. Well, I'll never forget the the note that I got on the H guestbook saying that, that I'd absolutely murdered it and would have promised never to do it again, which put me off it a bit. <laughs> well, the answer to that question was no. I'll go back through the guestbook and find out who that was. Yeah, well, let's find out who he is and send someone around with a gun. I think that's a little harsh. He can just have all your all your spare cardboard. He's not having that's worth a fortune. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so it's so for everybody who's purple um, you know we open them now and throw the gifts away <laughs> just keep the cardboard because <laughs> it's worth more <laughs> outrageous so for everybody who's purple and you're hearing this the day before oxford um uh, obviously we hope you enjoy it uh particularly those of you because i know quite a few of you are coming particularly me uh, particularly you uh it's it it couldn't be better prepped than it is <laughs> For a H natural show, this is as it's like a well-oiled machine. It really will. Well-oiled being, <laughs> be like one of those tractors you you see in a field that's been there for about a hundred years. It'd be <laughs> like that. So everybody who's coming, have a great time. We're looking forward to seeing you all t- tomorrow night. I've got a collection of baubles to bring with me. Uh, have you got anything crocheted to keep them warm? <laughs> no, but you will have no, by then, probably. Um, and, and it'll just be a fantastic night. And I'll I'll see you then. I'll see you tomorrow. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you then. tomorrow in two weeks. Gosh, this is like doing Christmas adverts. Isn't it? <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? In June. <laughs> right. I'll see you tomorrow night. Cheerio, Anthony. Cheerio, Steve. Thanks for popping in. Oh, it's a pleasure. <laughs> I'll see you in Oxford.
it's alright Thanks for listening to the Corona Diaries. It featured Steve Hogarth with the insights and me, Ant Short, with the questions. If you enjoyed the podcast, please consider subscribing and maybe leaving a review as this will help others find it. You could even share with other like-minded souls, should the mood take you. This has been an A Short Stories production.